Today's scripture reading comes from Acts 4, verses 23 through 31. The Believer's Prayer. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together, and in prayer to God, Sovereign Lord, they said, You made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand, and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. They did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they had prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. This is God's word. Saints, we pray with me. Lord Jesus, we, we thank you for this morning. We pray um, by your grace that you would, uh, you would speak through me, Lord, and um, very humbled that we get the opportunity to open up your word in great freedom where there's many believers across the world um, who are fighting the fight of faith and can't carry Bibles. And so, Lord, we thank you for that. We pray that uh, you would prepare my heart and then my hearts in this room and that we would receive from you. You would encourage your people, spur us on toward love and good deeds in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Please be seated, guys. If you need Bibles, you can raise your hand. Uh, Pastor Leon has Bibles right now. Uh, Last week, I noticed that some of you guys were looking at me kind of funny because some of the things I was sharing were passages, but they weren't up up front, like all of them. And um, you never know what you're going to get, so you might want to have your Bible uh, just in case if you need to make sure that I'm talking about the scriptures. We want to encourage you to have your, have your word and be navigating through it, just getting used to using your Bible, okay, guys? Um, if you're new to our local body, go through books of the Bible. We're in Acts right now. Uh, we've gone through a few books, and here we are I'm in Acts um, chapter 4. We go through books of the Bible because we, we left them to ourselves. We probably stay in those safe places and keep going over those because we feel good about ourselves. And so uh, this helps us stay humble and just, uh, you know, see what the Lord has in store as we go through the scriptures and, and get the whole counsel of God. And so that's our heart is to uh, go through every book. And I just want to encourage you um, as, we're, as we're going through our time of training, if you have a question uh, and you feel like it can encourage the body of Christ here, uh, ask that question. That's no problem. If, if I can't answer it, uh, that's cool. I'll uh, take it to the body, and if not, we can research. Uh, but we really want to know. Uh, we feel like uh, just our understanding informs our worship. We're not just trying to get smarter, but we do uh, think that that's a, a catalyst to us. Actually, knowing more about who the risen true Christ is will help us be able to worship him accurately. So that's our heart behind that, okay, guys? So I just want to encourage you to feel free to do that. It's not a, it's not a cultural faux pas uh, in this cultural context. Uh, just to uh, help you understand where we've been, you're getting on a moving train. If you haven't been here for a couple weeks, MacAvers are also visitors. Uh, we're in, we're in, uh, toward the end of chapter 4. Um, 
And you know where we started? I don't know if you knew, know this or not, but, but Luke and Acts were one, were one book for a while, uh, and, uh, written by uh, Luke uh, to Theophilus. Uh, and now, uh, so it started as one book about the life and works of Jesus, okay? And then uh, just as history went on, uh, they actually separated into two books. Is there something different up there? I love that. The highlights, y'all tripping on that one. So that, because uh, the big theme of Acts is Holy Spirit, so we want you to use the Holy Spirit to figure out what those words are, okay? Um, somebody try to get creative, because it's never been like that before, right? And praise the Lord. It's all about effort. Okay, so, but what happens is that, so it was one book, separated into two books, okay, guys? And then, um, in a life uh, that Luke is talking about, Jesus basically rises from the dead and reveals himself. Uh, as king, right? And as he reveals himself in the beginning of, of Acts, uh, he also reveals his mission. So he not only says, hey, I'm the king, I'm validated, I'm king by rising from the dead, but also I have a mission for you. And so all the guys get excited because it's like, wow, we were serving this dude, we didn't know what happened, he died, we're all sad, now he's risen, now we're really excited because we, we know the kingdom is coming, what is it going to look like? Basically, Jesus says, it's going to look like you actually helping this whole process of people understanding that I deserve all worship and glory, you're going to help the world understand that reality by proclaiming me to the world. So he gives us the mission to write, go out to the world and make disciples of all nations. But then he says, I'm not going to just give you a mission. I'm going to give you the power to accomplish the mission, right? So he uh, basically uh, gives them the, the power to accomplish the mission by filling them uh, with the Spirit. So they're filled with the Spirit. The gospel is preached to onlookers who see this thing. They're speaking in tongues. They're like, what's going on? Um, God gives all these people the grace to become Christians. So we see thousands of Christians uh, begin to be formed. And all of a sudden, there's a Christian community that gets formed because now you've got all these believers who love Jesus and are trying to figure out what does it mean now to live life as a Christian, as this, this guy who rose from the dead. Now we love and worship him. We realize that he is actually the one that was spoken about in the Old Testament. This Christian community is formed. And then as this community is formed, Jesus actually takes that community and begins to validate their power because they begin to do things things that Jesus did, right? They begin to perform miracles. And so it shows like these are my people because I'm going to give them the same mission. I'm going to give them the same power to accomplish it. Um, and they begin to work through uh, specifically uh, John and Peter uh, by healing uh, a lame man who had been lame for 40 years sitting around. Everyone knew it. So they couldn't kind of say, no, that guy, you brought him in from Seattle. Couldn't do that. They all saw him for 40 years and thought, man, we... We know we grew up watching this guy. This guy's got healed. All the Sanhedrin, all the powers that be gathered around and questioned these guys. And, and, and had, they had great opposition. Uh, they were put into custody, right? Uh, they said, we don't know what to do with you, basically, because you've done this really good thing. Um, we're mad. Just, just, we're going to put you away. And they put him in custody for a little bit, counseled together. And now we're here today to see what happened, okay? So remember, at the end of last week, they say, okay. You, you, you guys did this. We have um, no evidence against you. So we're going we're gonna to try and like threaten you and make you get scared. Hey, don't tell, hey, stop talking about Jesus or you're going to be in big trouble, basically what they say, because they didn't have anything else to say. So we come to today where they're like, they, 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 they let these guys leave and we get to um, uh, verse 23. But uh, before we go to verse 23, what I want to do is because I feel like this passage is a, is a, is a powerful passage uh, about the Holy Spirit and what he does in us, I want to talk to you about reliance. And I want to say that, and I, I never do this, but I want to give you the, what I think could be the title of this whole passage here. Okay, I think it could be like reliance um, is revealed through prayer, 
uh, like reliance revealed through prayer, prayer unleashes the power of Jesus through his people for kingdom purposes. I was like, what, what's going on here? Why is God showing us this? I'm, I, I wonder if the Lord wants us to have to wrestle with this reality that, that, that God wants us to be totally reliant upon him for sure. But one of the ways we can model that is through our, uh, a prayer life that the Lord gives us by praying and seeking him, it seems like he unleashes his power uh, through his people for kingdom purposes. Right? So basically we're talking about the extreme importance of, of prayer that we're going to see uh, as, as God's people are forming, of prayer and God's power. All right? So hopefully we're going to learn like, why we should pray in essence. Okay? So we start in verse 23. The scriptures say, when they were released, this is verse 23, uh, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. You okay? Oh, uh, to Persecution. Is there a way to, to, to... Thank you. That is hilarious. I promise you, I can see it on my computer. I didn't do that. All right. So basically, there's going to be four aspects that I want to really focus in on as we look at this text. So first, it seems that reliance is basically shown uh, for you and me as a people of God based on how we respond to persecution. We hooking it up? Is there a way to just type the word? Because I don't think the, the contrast is going to help with his white. Oh, hallelujah. Look at that action. Good job, Christian. It looks perfect. Thank you. Give him love. <laughs> All right. So, so let's, let's, let's start by saying reliance is shown by how we respond to persecution. So don't miss this. So how, how do you respond to persecution? Look what happens here. So they're with the Sanhedrin. They're with the rulers that be. They could have they been arrested. Uh, for heaven's sake, if, they were really, if those guys were shady, they could have killed them. I mean, these are powers that be. And they say, hey, you're going to leave here, uh, but you better not cause any more trouble. Okay. And you're talking, these are the Pharisees, these are the Sadducees that says that you got the police involved uh, toward the beginning of, of, of right after the, uh, the, the miracle had happened. So you have everyone that has any kind of power in this, in this community saying, hey, we want you to stop this, okay? So that's persecution, right? So put yourself in that picture. You're a first century Christian. That's what's happening. What would you do? How would you, how would you respond? What would be your response? Would you be scared? Right? If you had the police come grab you right now and take you in a back alley somewhere on Sylvester, <laughs> say, listen, I hear you saying things, you better stop. What would you do? It was even worse than that, I propose. These guys are ruthless back then. What would you do? Would you, would you just calm down for a bit and say, okay, hey, I still love Jesus, but I'm going to chill out until the heat you know, goes away. Right? I'll chill out. I won't say too much. And then maybe in another month, I'll start back. What, what, would, what would be your posture? Think about yourself. What would you do? Right? Right? Maybe, maybe if, you're, if you're the group, because you imagine if you're the group, you come back, what would you say if you're a part of this Christian group? 
Would you be excited for them? Or would you go, hey, stop, stop, man. Why, why are you, hey, we just got started. We just got saved. Why are you causing all this trouble? What would you do? Well, look what they do. I love this. It says, when they were released, they went to their friends and reported what the chief priests and the elders had said to them. Right? And I love this. So they reported to their boys. I love this. I love it's not like uh, this this huge stuck conglomerate. I love that the term there is just their friends, their buddies. These are all regular folk. And remember that as we look at what God does through these people. Okay? Regular folk. All right? So now they come and they, they come to the room where all you guys are and they say, hey, let me tell you what happened. We almost got beat down today. They almost beat us up. It was, yeah, it was all the guys you know. You know, you know the guys we grew up seeing and they had all the power. They were all there. And they, 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 actually, they actually put us in custody for a little bit. And, and, and then, they, then they brought us into this room, and they said, look, you better stop. All right? You're in that room with them. What would you do? What would you do? Well, I wonder, uh, some people might, I, I, when I think of a community, maybe some of us would have said, hey, man, oh, that's really bad they did that to you guys. All right? Would you kind of deflected it like, hey, that's your issue and not, not our issue as a community? How many of us have done that? Would you have deflected it? Man, I'm so sad they beat y'all. They won't beat y'all up. Oh, that's messed up. I'm going to go now, but praise the Lord. Right? Look what they do, guys. Look what it says. It says, and when they heard it, verse 24, it says they lifted up their voice. Can we pause there? I just am blown away. See, see, and I, I know I talk about this a lot in our body, but I just want our, our, our people to be trained to know that you've got to look at the scriptures and know it's a book in history. This happened. So imagine that kind of drama. See, I've had drama in my life. <laughs> imagine that kind of persecution. I love the fact that the scripture says they all went to pray. They just told them, we got in big trouble. They might be spying on us right now. Who knows what else they, they said. Only what was recorded was right here. And the scriptures say that these people said, let's pray. Let's pray. Their movement, their reliance was based on God. They said, Lord, well, we, get, we need to show we're dependent upon the Lord. Let's pray. That's how they responded to persecution. Persecution comes, they seek Jesus. They pray together. They didn't try to work their plan, which I think was what I would have done. I would have tried to work my plan. I'm a a leader. I'm realizing I'm just a leader. That's just how I am. Just make it happen. So I'd have been like, hold up, what'd they do? All right, all right, let's think about what we got to do now. And I'd have tried to strategize and think about what we need to do, who we need to go see, if we need to get out of here, if we need to preach. I would have thought, I would try to think through what we need to do. I'd have tried to work my plan. You know, it's really funny. I know this, is, this, is, this pales in comparison, but this shows you how sometimes we just, we're just not dependent. So the kids are playing, right? And, and you know, they're, they're losing, 3 nothing. And I'm like, all right, you know what? We're just not hype enough. Let me get up. So I get up. Come on, Connor Joe. I'm like yelling, screaming, acting crazy. Now, part of it is just I grew up in the hood. That's just our culture, you know. And I'm in this suburban area, and everybody real quiet, and I don't know how we do that, but that's another issue. So... So, you know, I'm going crazy. And um, at, the, at the end of the game, by God's grace, they won. And at the end of the game, you know what Sarah said to me? She said, man, when they start losing, I just start praying. 
was like, really? You start praying? I like, yeah, I just start asking the Lord, Lord, would you let these guys win? Lord, would you just, would you just help them win? Just, just start praying. And I was, can you imagine how humble? I'm the leader. Right? She's like, yeah, I prayed. I saw you yelling, but I was just praying. I was just praying. You know? Yeah. What would you do? What would you have done? Well, look at this, guys. So then it says, and when they heard it, they lifted their voice together to God and said, look at this, sovereign Lord, who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. So I want to say reliance is also shown by how we view God the Father. So, so first, the way they respond is like, oh, that shows me that you rely on something different than, different than normal man. But then like, okay, so you, you, you're responding, you're, de- you're dependent upon God, but look at how they view God the Father here. Sovereign Lord who made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Now let me ask you a question. Why does that matter? Why does it matter that they start the prayer like that? Right? Let's dissect the prayer. They acknowledge who God is, right? Why is that important? Give me a little something, guys. Why is that important? Amen. Right? To know that he's in control. So they're saying, God who's created everything, right? If you created everything, then you probably also created these people. Then I know you also created this situation, so I know that you're in total control. And you know what I love? I love the fact that, I love the fact that they start by having, by, by reassessing their view of God and making sure it's accurate. Because what I want to encourage us, the reason why, when you think of Matthew 6, you think of the Lord's prayer, hallowed be thy name. Why do you think the, the, the Lord of all creation would have us start a prayer like that, to talk about the Lord's name being hallowed? Why? Because you and I, I want to propose, we, you, can't, you can't like talk more about Jesus than who he is. Like you can't like inappropriately worship Christ where like you're just worshiping him too much. There's no such thing. You can't, like, say something that's big enough where you're like, no, nah, nah, you're getting crazy now. God is not that big. You can't do that, right? So you can never become more inaccurate in a good way toward God. Basically, we all start inaccurately thinking of having a low view of God. We start with a low view, and then we have to ask the Holy Spirit to allow us to raise our view. That's why we talk about in our discipleship book, having an exalted view of Christ. You know why? Because we all start here. <laughs> Right? Now, don't get me wrong. You praise the Lord. If you start your prayer, praise the Lord for paying my bills. Praise the Lord he did that. But that's low. That's a little Jesus. You know what he did? Because he created everything. You know, praise God for allowing our sons to win a soccer game. Praise the Lord. He's good like that. He's intimately involved in our lives while he's taking control of everything. But guess what? That's a little God. I ain't starting my prayer there. Because he does more than win soccer games. You see what I'm saying, guys? Praise the Lord. I did well on my tests. Yeah, praise the Lord. Praise God. But see how low that is? I got a girlfriend. Uh, Right? Right? That's all right. That's cool. Praise him. Right? I got married. Uh, Okay. Right? I'm, I'm just trying to help us understand, right? Right? No. We start with, Lord, you've made it. Everything. You are, you know everything. You are all powerful. There's nothing that's happening outside your hand. That's how they start their prayer. 
Reliance is shown by how we have a, a, a God-sized view. So when we pray, hallowed be thy name, the whole point there is holy is your name, set apart is your name. Your, your name, I shouldn't be talking about you and then something else because you're so set apart. You're so here, you're so other. Let me just pause, Father, and just talk about you. That's how they start. So it matters. They made sure his name was holy, right? And then they got into request mode. Right? So we learn how to pray. We don't just start off, Lord, I need this, Lord. I'm trying to teach my kids because they're, you know, they're little shoppers right now. They're little Trader Joe shoppers. It is, Lord, I need this. Lord, give me that. Lord, give me this. And I'm like, man, well, obviously it's on my watch. So obviously we've done something here to make them think that Jesus is kind of like, you know, big old swiping the credit card. It's like, no, son, let's pause. And this is learn how to talk about who God is. Because you're missing it, son, if you think it's all about what he gives you. It's not. It's by his glory. Look what it says. So he says, Sovereign Lord who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. It says, verse 25, Who through the mouth of our father David, your servant, said by the Holy Spirit. So these are people. I mean, you got to imagine this. They just came in probably breathing hard, nervous. Can you imagine adrenaline? You just, you know, see, you don't get... Their whole life, they understood who the Sanhedrin was. They understood who the Pharisees and Sadducees were. They understood the power structure of Rome. They understood what the, the Herods and all those guys were doing. Right? They, uh, they had fear of all these people. And now finally, because of the Holy Spirit in them, the same people they ran from, they're standing right before them, and they're being judged by them, and they get away scot-free at this point. Can you imagine adrenaline? You just first had your, 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 your big shit ding, and by God's grace, you won. Can you imagine? They're probably going home like, dude, I can't believe we're still alive. This is crazy. Can you imagine? So they get home, they get in this room, and they're just kind of like, guys, let me tell you what happened. They're reporting this. This is exciting stuff. This is crazy stuff. And I'm just, I'm blown away. They're now they're, okay, let's pray. And they, they talk about who God is, and look what they say here. Look at, I just think that the, the, the sincerity and the, 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 the focus of the prayer, verse 25, who through the mouth of our father David, your servant said by the Holy Spirit, why did the Gentiles rage and the people's plot in vain? Verse 26, the kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his anointed ones. You see what he's saying there? You see what he's doing? What he begins to do he, is he's talking about Psalm 2. And look at this. He then begins to interpret it in light of the passion narrative. I think this is awesome. Right? You see what he does? He says, verse 27, for truly, so this is Psalm 2, but this part ain't in Psalm 2. He starts interpreting Psalm 2. For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel. Now, this pause. So that happens many times in scriptures. Every once in a while, you'll get a scripture writer, an author, who will take an Old Testament text, and he will actually interpret the text in the scriptures. To show you, actually, here's what it meant. Now, I said it to say, don't act like you can do that too, right? You can't be on a three-on-three tournament, dunk on somebody and say, it's just like the scripture said, he will leap like deer. You can't do that, okay? You can't, you, you can't do that. This is, this is, left, this is left toward the God, these writers who have been inspired by Jesus, and I just love the fact that they kind of give you Two things. I love the fact that they give you insight, like, wow, I never thought of that. But I also love, whenever they do that, they just validate the whole beautiful concept of the canon and how it's all together and how God is working his thing. He's, this beautiful story is a beautiful knit by God's grace. And so you got this prophetic language in, in Psalm 2, right? 
And it's showing that you got Pilate, you got Herod, you got all these guys who are uniting against, uniting against Jesus, right? So he's saying the prophecy's fulfilled. He's saying, guess what, Father? You saw this in Psalm. You said these guys would get together. They would unite together and that the world would try to kill Jesus. You said everybody was going to get together and go against him. You knew this. Why is this important? Why is this important? Why does he quote Psalm 2, then interpret it by saying, you knew they were going to do this to Jesus? What's the point? Talk to me. Why is it important in this prayer? What do you think? Yes, Martha. Amen. He's like, guess what? You knew they were going to do that to Jesus. I love, I love the way the statement goes. You knew that they were going to say these things. He says in verse 28, to do whatever your hand and your plan have predestined to take place, like Martha said. You knew this was going to happen. You knew that they were going to persecute and, persecute and, and kill Jesus. And so guess what? This persecution action that we're involved in right now, you know this too. You know this. You're in total control. Do you and I think like that? Do we go through our, I mean, guys, can we, be all, can we all be honest? Our persecution and the things that are happening in our lives, they pale in comparison many times. They pale in comparison. And do we pause and say, God, you knew my son was going to have this ailment. You created the heavens and the earth and everything in them. You knew this was going to happen. You knew people were going to malign me and say this about me. You knew this was going to happen. Because you, they did this to Jesus, and, you, and, and their hands, they thought they were doing something. They thought, I'm evil, and he's like, no, 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 see, God, they're saying God created these people, and he has the, the, he has the strings of evil men, and they do whatever he wants. That nothing, guys, nothing happens outside of a sovereign king. Nothing happens outside of God, is their point. Saying you can, you can know, and you can look, and see Whenever something evil is happening or something, to know that God is in total control, that he turned the persecution of Jesus Christ into salvation. He turned it into salvation. So he's saying, I, I've modeled that to you. What does that mean for your life? When you have an issue, right? When, when things are going wrong in your marriage, Right? Right? If you have a baby and, you, and, and, and God forbid you have an issue with your baby, we have an ailment with one of our sons. If you have an issues with, with relationships, name the issue, guys. Right? Name the issue. God says, I, I've shown you I can take care of that because of the cross. I've shown you because of the cross. Now, Here's my plug this for the importance of doctrine. As you know, I'm serious about doctrine. Accurate thinking about God. Verse 28. I love the fact that there has to be something. I say it's safe to say that their healthy thinking about God put them in an environment to receive uh, from Christ. That their understanding about God, it seems like, provides an environment. Now they can actually receive what God has for them. What do I mean by that? You start praying that prayer, here's the issue. You start praying, God, you know everything, and, and, and no matter what happens, it's all, it's all in your control. Guess what the world wants you to think, and, and even in Christianity, that you start praying those kind of sovereign prayers, everything's going to work out. But see, if you have bad thinking, 
this takes you to a very dark one-way alley. You start saying, if I believe enough, this is going to happen, and it's going to happen. And you think you can force the hand of God, you'll be in a dark alley. Because they weren't saying that they knew the outcome. What would have ha- Let me ask you a question. What if they, after that prayer, 10 minutes after the prayer, they run in and everybody gets slaughtered except five people? What happens then? Did God, would God hear them? Did God answer their prayer? They get mutilated. Women dragged off by their head. Right after the prayer, they find out they were in there and they just begin to cut people up. What happens? What do you do then? Do you say, oh, gracious God, with tears in my eyes, we still know that all things are going to work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. See, what, 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 what the beauty of Christianity, the faith in Christ, is that we, is, is you show your faith by, by looking at the, like, it's, it's basically starting your prayer by God's grace with the eyes of faith so that the conclusion, you can have faith eyes to look at it. Does that make sense? If you start your prayer with expectations, necessarily fleshly, and I'm not saying we can't believe God. This is, this is a tension here because we want to believe God when we pray. At the same time, we're not God and he is. So there's a tension. But what I'm saying is sometimes God just blesses us. I pray for twin boys specifically, and he gave them to us. And guess what? We had our last pregnancy. I pray for twin girls, right? And we got a boy. <laughs> one. He messed that all up. At least he could have gave me one of them, twin boys. Yeah. But in the kingdom, guys, Jesus is king, and, and our trust is that he's sovereign, he's merciful. And so now we can pray in faith. And when something happens, because we prayed in faith, we say, God, we, I know you heard that prayer, so I know that it was answered. So this is what it looks like. I don't know what that means, but we're going to sit in this and see what the Lord does. Okay, so... You don't know if you're going to turn out on the right side or not in the sense of our, our flesh. But uh, we do know, like, uh, faith allows us to trust afterward. Look at this, guys. Reliance also um, is shown by a kingdom-focused prayer. Okay? So we see them interpret. They interpret Psalm. They, they, they remind themselves of God's sovereignty. And look what they say here. Notice um, what they ask for. Did you notice the content of their prayer in verse 29? The scriptures say... And now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. You've got to be kidding me. Are you serious? Have you thought about what they're saying here? So he started saying, Father, look, these guys are going against your heart, <laughs> right? These guys are, are, are they, 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 they did this to Jesus. We're trying to proclaim the gospel. They're going against your heart. And look what he says here. I'm just blown away at the fact um, that right after persecution, all right, they get to this little room with these people, probably a big room, and they're risking their lives. And the first thing they asked for immediately was more boldness to go back out and do the same thing again. 
Man, they said they're going to get us next time. It's going to get real. It's crazy. Hey, let's pray. Lord, give us the strength to go back out and stay in the same journey that we were already in. Just allow us to have the strength of God. We're not, we're not going to stop. We're going to go right back into the fire because you're real. Will you just give us boldness? Can you imagine? Are you kidding me? In history, in history, these people did this right after they're persecuted. I'm just, I'm blown away at that. Look what they asked for. Three things. First, they wanted God to give them boldness, right? They didn't shrink back at all. You see that? Well, give me boldness. I used to pray this prayer a lot when I was in, in Miami. I stopped praying this prayer. I'm going to pray, pray this prayer for boldness. Acts, let's pray. Acts 429. And you know, I love it. You know how you just, you just read the Bible, had no theology training. I just kind of read the Bible. I saw boldness. Pray boldness. Now I see, actually, that was a good prayer. <laughs> Pray for boldness. I love the fact they didn't shriek back. Listen to this. They not only wanted to get back in the game, they wanted to get back in boldness. And and they didn't want to leave the drama. Now, this is the way a lot of us are wired. Drama occurs. We want to figure out a way. We don't want to look like like punks, so we won't run. We want to figure out a way to manipulate situations where it alleviates the drama. Whereas it seems that these guys want the drama but want power while they're in it. And I'm going, man, what's that look like for us to want power while we're in the drama, while we're right in the midst of it, while we're proclaiming the gospel, while we're going to drug houses and talking to drug dealers with grace and truth and saying, you know what, you, man, you cussed at me, you, you yelled at me, you, talk, you said something you know, derogatory toward my wife, I'm going to still love you and we're going to stay in the drama. We're going to stay in the drama. All right. I'm just blown away. These powerful people were threatening them, hoping this would chill them out. This has to chill them out. We are powerful. We have thousands of years of, well, I would say the whole concept of basically the people of God with thousands of years, the Sadducees are like a few hundred years of history, and the Pharisees a few hundred, hundred years of history in the intertestamental period. But yeah, they said we have all this history, and you know you grew up fearing us. So I know this is going to chill you guys out, and it doesn't. Look what else they pray for. Notice this. It says in verse 30, so he's pray, pray for boldness, and they say, while you stretch out your hand to heal, and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your servant Jesus. Right? They're saying, hey, I, we're praying for God to unleash his Holy Spirit power so that Jesus might be lifted up. You see that? Kingdom-focused prayer. How's our prayer life? How are we doing? When's the last time you guys prayed for a miracle? For God to do something that's, that's, that's just outside of your natural realm? It's been a while for me. But they realize, like in Hebrews 2, they realize these, these signs of grace point to the gospel. That when people see things that they know they can't do, they go, who did that? And then we talk to them about the answer of the hope that we have within us. We tell them about Jesus, right? Now, I love this. Two quick things. I love the fact um, that they're not taking their success for granted. I love, I love the fact that they just been filled with the Spirit and a couple verses ago. They come back in the room. They're sharing. And then they pray for boldness and they pray for God's miracles and wonders. And I, and I love this because I want to kind of just, I'm not trying to backbite at all, but I'm just trying to be honest and truthful about our culture. We have a culture now, say if you have a gift 
or you propose that you have a spiritual gift of healing or whatever, we talk about it as if it's ours and we can use it whenever we want. Whereas these guys, this is, these, are the, these are apostles. <laughs> right? These are, these, these, these are the disciples and they're saying, they're saying, actually, Lord, what you did was evidence of your grace. And so I, I asked, can you, can you provide more evidence of that grace? And I don't know if you're going to do it or not. I mean, if they were so confident, they'd just be doing things, right? But they say, Lord, would you give us boldness? Would you? I love that they're just like, we're, we don't think that we're something because we just hung with Jesus. But they're coming to the throne graciously. This is Peter and John and all this crew. But I also love the fact it's not just Peter and John. I love that these, these guys are coupled with a bunch of people that we have no clue who they are. And probably a bunch of people who were not eyewitnesses to Christ. And so I'm just blown away because you know what that says about you and me? You know what that says about you and me? That shows us that, oh, these kind of prayers aren't reserved for this, these Christian elite people. But guess what? It's for those who love Jesus and who trust Christ. I love their reliance. It's humbling, considering that there are apostles and eyewitnesses. Just love that. And something that's interesting, I was going to end here. I don't know how this works. I'm still trying to understand how God's spirit just powerfully, just, man, when he baptizes us to give us supernatural power for, for a specific mission, and then when he allows us to be filled where we're just yielded to the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to figure out when, when and how he does that. I still don't know. Uh, what I do know is they both occur many times in Acts. And so here, it's like almost like a... It's the same manifestations in the same situation as, as Pentecost. What I mean by that, there seems to be a parallel, right? They're all in a room. Uh, both times they get this kind of like sign, right? Uh, once it's like the wind, you, I mean, it's the sound. And this time, actually, the room is shaken, right? Uh, and in both instances, uh, there's a sense of like an oratory utterance. Once it's tongues, and then this time you have, they're speaking the gospel with boldness. You see that, guys? It doesn't talk about something happening to them right there, but it does talk about something happening to the environment. So here is where I just pause for us as a body. Is it seems, if I'm, I'm reading that passage, I'm going, what, what is the Holy Spirit trying to say to us as we're looking at this historical situation? I feel like we learned that, man, there's something about God persecuting and giving us an opportunity to proclaim the gospel. Persecution is never an enemy of the church. And then here this week that we see that their reliance, based on that persecution, that there's something about the Christian's reliance being upon Jesus always, which is shown in one way that we have today through a vibrant prayer life where we pray and seek God. And we, and we have kingdom-focused prayers we have prayers that we set model that we, that we are totally dependent upon our Savior. Reliance revealed through prayer unleashes the power of Jesus through his people for kingdom purposes. How will that happen in our community? How will that happen in our community? How will we start to pray? How will we pray, guys? How are you going to pray this week? How are you going to pray today? How are you going to pray for your neighbors? How are we going to pray for each other? You know, one thing I'm seeing in, in the text continually and ask as we look, uh, one theme is I'm like, they're so busy, focused on kingdom proclamation and loving each other, 
They have no time for drama. Have you noticed that? Have you noticed that? Isn't it, isn't it just normal, though? Right? I mean, usually you find yourself sinning when you just idle. Right? right? A lot of us, by God's grace, you know, how we, how we able to enjoy God? Because we're just too busy to sin. we just kind of like, man, I will be a nutball somewhere, but actually, I got a lot of stuff going on this week. Right? And I want to encourage us. Man, I wonder if Satan does. He wants us to sit in our room and, and have analysis paralysis, kind of look, analyze everything, suspicion everything, and kind of, versus like, no, I'm going to tell somebody about Jesus. I'm going to cook somebody a meal. I'm going to call somebody and ask them to come over and interrupt my day. I'm going to be busy for the gospel. I'm going to pray for people that I got an issue. I'm going to pray for those who I don't like hanging around with. I'm going to, we're going to, I'm going to read my Bible when I got time. I wonder what happens when we find ourselves this busy for Jesus, enjoying Christ. Man, I pray for our body. I pray, you know, it's so fun. I love going to these different parties and stuff, just watching our body and seeing you guys enjoy each other. And I pray that, man, we would be a body where we just have such a, it would just show that, man, they're not dependent on themselves. They really are dependent upon Christ. So let's do that, body. Let's uh, be a body that prays. Uh, I'm going to ask you to chop it up, to talk about this in your mag groups, uh, to talk about what, to practical ways that we can be a body of prayer, a body that enjoys the Lord, uh, a body that shows that we are relying upon Christ, okay, and that we ask the Holy Spirit to fill us and guide us, all right? Praise the Lord. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to do a time of, uh, of uh, tithe and offering. And then we do a time of communion. Again, um, ask the Lord to give us wisdom as we talk about in our MAG groups. Uh, if you're not in a MAG group, we really encourage you uh, to consider uh, being in discipleship. We-